The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1980, Episode 7, Wings, Ringo, and Double Fantasy. In this episode, we will cover the months October through November. We've got a chance and we'll take it. We may win or we may lose. We may even have to cut and run for it. Well, it won't be the first time I've run, and it won't be the first time I've been caught. It's the game that matters. Brother, I am proud to know you. This is one of the greatest moments I have ever experienced. I think I sense the situation when I say that we all esteem it an honor to breathe the rather inferior atmosphere of this station here along with our little friend. I guess we should all go home and treasure the memory of his face as the whitest thing in our museum of recollections. And perhaps this good woman will also go home and wash the face of our little brother here. I'm inspired with a new faith in mankind. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish to present to you a sure enough saint. Only wants a halo to be transfigured. Stand right up.
On September 23rd at the Cherokee Sound Studios in Los Angeles, California, Ringo continues recordings for the Can't Fight Lightning sessions. Today, Ringo is joined by Ron Wood of the Rolling Stones, along with members of the jazz band The Crusaders, Wilton Felder and Joe Sample. Here's a little music trivia for you. The members of one group have been involved in the recording of more gold records than the members of any other group in history. Who are they? The Beatles? The Rolling Stones? No, they are the Crusaders. Who were the Crusaders? Well, originally, they were the Jazz Crusaders. The group had its beginning almost 30 years ago, when drummer Sticks Hooper, saxophonist Wilton Felder, and keyboardist Joe Sample started playing together in junior high school. Wilton Felder. We don't believe in following what someone else is doing. We would rather to be uh, setting the pace or trying to keep the music uh, moving forward and not, you know, have it sitting stagnant because we get bored quite often. Joe Sample. Every three years, I want to try to do something different. Yeah. And it is difficult. As he did with Stephen Stills and his band, Ringo may have tried to capture the energy of Ronnie Wood and the sound of the Crusaders. The song the band rehearsed today was a Ron Wood Ringo Starr collaboration with Wilton Felder on electric bass, Joe Sample on piano, and an American jazz pianist, Greg Matherson, also on piano.
The session lasted for several days, and on September 25th, the band worked on the OJ's 1978 hit single, Brandy, written by Joseph Jefferson and Charles Simmons. Sitting by the open fireplace in my favorite dungarees Played a few bars of a melody And it sounded sweet to me I thought I'd get up and take a look around But my feet got in the way Stumbled to the floor, she was right in the door I could see her face But how could it be? She ran away from me My best friend's gone I'm so all alone I kind of miss you, Brandy I'm so all alone When are you coming back home? Musicians on Ringo's recording had Ron Wood on guitar, Wilton Felder on bass, Joe Sample on keyboards, Jeff Skunk Baxter, best known as a member of the Doobie Brothers, and Steely Dan on guitar, and Ringo Starr on drums and lead vocals.
While Ringo's Can't Fight Lightning sessions continue on September 25th, disturbing news came out of London. This is the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. Good evening. John Bonham, drummer with the British rock group Led Zeppelin since its inception in 1968, was found dead today at the home of a friend in Windsor, England. Bonham was 32. John Bonham, the drummer for Led Zeppelin, is dead at the age of 32. And as Inspector Ed Garland of the Thames Valley Police in England tells us... We do not know the cause of death. Uh, there will be a post-mortem in due course. Although we're not treating it as suspicious. Bonham was found lying in bed by John Paul Jones after a night's sleep at Jimmy Page's home following a late-night rehearsal. The police reporting it was not a suicide, that there was no note found next to the body and no sign of any drugs nearby. Again, John Bonham of Led Zeppelin, dead at the age of... Service was at the tiny 13th century parish church at Cutnell Green near Kidderminster, less than a mile from the star's luxury farm home. But it was a million miles from the industry that made and perhaps destroyed him. Apart from the other members of the band, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant and John Paul Jones, it was just family and friends who packed the church for the quarter-hour service. There were, though, the tributes from John's contemporaries, this giant wreath from Paul McCartney and Wings. Another inside the church was from his parents. It read, superstar, but to us, just some.
On September 26th, George Harrison leaves London's Heathrow Airport en route to Los Angeles, California, where he meets up with Derek Taylor. The two attend a Monty Python show at the Hollywood Bowl. Pardon my white-thighed plum. What do you want with your jugged fish, a cloth-eared git? Halibut. <laughs> a jugged fish is halibut. All right. Well, what fish do you have that is not jugged? Uh, rabbit. What, rabbit fish? No, it's so covered in fur. <laughs> what, is it dead? Well, it was coughing up blood last night. <laughs> All right, I'll have the dead, unjugged rabbit fish. One dead, unjugged rabbit fish later. Appalling. Oh, you're always complaining. What's for afterwards? Well, there's a rat pie, a rat pudding, rat sorbet, or a strawberry tart. Strawberry tart? Well, it's got some rat in it. How much? Six. Rather a lot, really. I'll have a slice without so much rat in it. One slice of strawberry tart without so much rat in it later. Appalling. Dead. Hello, son. There's a dead bishop on the landing. <laughs> Where, where's he from? What do you mean? What's his diocese? Well, he looked a bit Canterbury's to me. I'll go and have a look. I don't know who keeps bringing them in here. Well, it's not me. I put three out by the trash cans last week and the garbage men won't touch them. It's the Bishop of Leicester. How do you know? Tattooed on the back of his neck. I think I'd better call the police. Shouldn't you call the church? Call the church police. A good idea. The church police. Back in New York at the Hit Factory on September 29th, John Lennon is interviewed by Lisa Robinson of the New York Post. Lisa first asked John about his five years away from the music industry. Did you um, make a conscious? You made a conscious decision to stop. Yeah, it was it was harder to stop than to continue. Although I don't think continuing would have done me any good. through every thought you can imagine in five years you know like uh, the first 18 months was hard to stop jumping onto a piano or expecting to do something because I'd been sort of turning out singles and albums since 1962 on the on call as it were you know three every three months a single every six months an album so I was sort of like a robot you know Gradually I got into being a house husband or with Sean or whatever, 
Is that really what you did? I mean, when you say you were a house Yes, husband, I did it. I was there for three meals a day. You didn't travel? You didn't do other yeah, things? Yeah, I did, did a little traveling. I traveled with Sean as well, but occasionally I'd take a three-day zap around the world, like Singapore or Hong Kong or something, just three to clear days. my... Yeah, just go around very fast, you know. Were you aware of every food that went into his mouth? Every I mean, mouthful he's had since he was born, I've practically been at the table for. Close your eyes no fear The monster's gone He's on the run And your daddy's here John and I talked about what he actually went through when he set out to write a song. I consider it being possessed when, when, when the really creative music comes. Meaning, I don't sit down and say, I'm going to write a song about this, that, or the other, like one would do a lot of the time when one has to produce so many records or so many songs a year. That one could afford to wait for a nowhere man or songs that had come to me in the past. Music and words as if I'm a, a medium. You see, that's how the real, the real joy is there. So one has to not be... You know, sometimes mediums can't produce these manifestations because they, act, they start doing it on call and they get business going and then one day I say, Lisa, you know, I want to talk to so-and-so and, -so, and the, the mad thing doesn't come through because the, wo the woman blocks off. You know, mediums get blocked out too. You know, they lose it. They can have natural psychic ability as children and then suddenly, bam, they can't reach it. So, uh, Did you ever worry that you had lost it? That it wouldn't come back again? Well, maybe I didn't. I wouldn't face it because I knew I could always force something. Mm. You know. Did you think people would know the difference? Oh, I mean, uh, people. Well, didn't you care? No, I don't worry about people. Mm. People. I mean, I do worry about people. People. Part of me does. Okay, so I'm not. You know, I'm not saying I'm immune to criticism. I don't want to be liked or nothing like that. But when I'm creating, the creating is the joy. The the song coming in. Oh my God! You know, what's this doing? You know, it's writing itself. It's like I'm watching somebody else doing it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I use Noah Man as an example because simply because I remember I struggled all morning, about six hours to write a song that the day I wrote Noah Man in 1964 sometime. And I finally gave up. We've all experienced this on different levels. I lay down on the couch, I was really depressed. I can't write a song. And as I lay down exhausted like that because I'd ex I was no longer centered on this, I have to write a song. I just lay down. <laughs> you know, I picked up the guitar and the whole damn thing was there. He's a real nowhere man Sitting in his nowhere land Well, all these songs came like that. It's this bit that somehow that you had this kind of responsibility to the world and that you decided yeah. to become Greta Garbo or something. Greta Hughes, I call myself. But why were they getting angry at me? You know, it's like... If I, if I was dead, they wouldn't be angry at me. If I'd conveniently died in the, in the mid-70s after a rock and roll album or Wars and Bridges and they'd all be writing this worshipful stuff about what a great guy and, you know, and wasn't he funny with a champax on his head? You know, all that stuff, like, it's all right when you're dead, you see. And they'd all be saying, oh, what a great guy and wonderful, wonderful and that. But I didn't die, so that infuriated everybody that I would live and uh, do, do what, do what I want to do, you know. 
nobody loves you when you're on the grave Nobody needs you when you're upside down Everybody's hollering about their own birthday Everybody loves you when you're six foot in the ground Which is look after me and the family That was the central concern to be a family And not lose that was more important than creation and records and rock and roll and being in Billboard. On October 2nd at the Finston Manor in Tenterton, Kent, England, Paul McCartney and his band Wings assemble for a series of sessions that will last throughout the month. The first few weeks of sessions, the band warms up with some rock and roll songs along with a few tracks from Paul's project Hot Hits, Cold Cuts. She lives on 20th floor of town The elevator's broken down I walk Baby, too much to wait. All this climbing is catching me down. If I'm a corpse sweeped over the rail, and I walk on two black feet, black mold, black chicks and black black mold. All twelve, I'm starting to sag. Fifteen before I'm ready to drag. Get to the top, I'm too tired to My baby too much to wait This climbing is getting me down ha. By my car sweeped over the rail And I walk out to my feet like more Five, six, and five, and five, and five, and five I'm trying to sing Everything before I'm ready to try Get to the top I'm too tired to rock City boy in back. Had to see who could run the fast. If the wheel is loose, he's had. 
There's a one Miss Lucy Down across Shorty, shorty Down across Is you I want to wear Well, there's a gun with a feather But it's really no way And shorty must have had a joke Cause you get there anyway And it's all the money Sure and all the Shorty must have something there That can be found in love Cut across shorty, shorty On October 9th in New York City, birthday celebrations are in order for John, who turns 40, and Sean, who turns 5. Yoko hires a skywriter to write Happy Birthday, John and Sean, Love, Yoko, nine times in the sky above their Dakota apartment in New York Central Park West, so it is visible from their window. When I saw it, it was sort of the image was that big, look, in the way up in the sky, it was that sort of that fat. It was sort of Because it say Happy Birthday, John and Sean. It stretched like half the city. It was real cool.
In the late afternoon, cake and presents were served at the Dakota. John wore a party hat made from a brown paper grocery bag. He also received a knit tie made by Yoko and a plate of plastic sushi. On October 13th in the UK, Parlophone Records released the album The Beatles Ballads, 20 Original Tracks. Hey, hey it's the Beatles with their greatest ballads. Music as fresh today as it was. Yesterday. Classic Beatle hits. You get all the lovin' and all the music and all that special Beatle magic. The Beatles' 20 Greatest Ballads. Here come the hits. It's the Beatles. It's their best. From Capitol Records, the magic behind the music. Capitol Records only released the album in Canada. The cover art was created in 1968 by Patrick John Byrne for potential use for the White Album cover when the album title A Doll's House was being considered. The LP reached number 17 in the UK and held the number one spot for seven weeks in Australia. On October 24th, a new single is released by John Lennon and Yoko Ono on the Geffen Records label. It's the first recorded work from them in five years. Let's talk about the single, just like starting over. Was that an obvious choice to the both of you as a single? Were you happy with that? Yeah, it was really called Starting Over, but while we were making it, people kept putting things out with the same title. You know, there was a country and western hit called Starting Over, so I added Just Like at the last minute. The thing was, uh, it was obvious because it was the one where the musicians got very loose because it was so simple rock and roll, there was no problem. You know, they, they really relaxed and they'd all be like that after it. And it just, even though I don't think it's the strongest track, perhaps, I think the other, some of the other tracks are stronger, like Losing You. Hmm. might be a stronger piece of material. But Starting Over was the best way to start over. And to me, it was like going back to 15 and singing a la Presley. All the time I was referring it to John, the engineer, is here in the room with us. I was referring to it as Elvis Orbison. It's kind of, I want you, I need only the lonely, you know. <laughs> like that. And it's a kind of parody, but not really a parody. Our life together is so precious. Together we have grown. We have grown Although our love Is still special Let's take a chance And fly away Somewhere Alone It's been too long since we took the time No one's to blame I know time flies so quickly Just 
A little, oh, a little. T- well, when I was doing it, I was cracking up. People took it serious, you know, and saying, "What's he trying to do?" and all that. But you know, they forget. Well, he been, was winking. You know, I've had tongue one. in cheek all along. I'm the walrus. Mm. All of them had tongue in cheek. Just because other people see depths of whatever in it, what does it really mean? I am the Eggman. You know, it could have been the pudding basin for all I care. Just tongue in cheek. The single reached number one in both the U.S. and U.K. singles charts. As the Lennons enjoyed the success of their new single, a few days later, starting on October 27th, McCartney joins ex-Beatles record producer George Martin at Air Studios London. Over the next few days, the pair continued to work on Paul's film score to the animated short, Hooper the Bear. November 6th, recordings continue on Ringo's You Can't Fight Lightning sessions.
At the Cherokee Sound Studios in L.A., Ringo continues work with Ronnie Wood on the tracks Dead Giveaway and I Don't Believe You. Meanwhile, on November 10th, back in the UK, at his Rye Sussex home studio, Paul, Linda, and Denny Lane continue working on tracks for the next Wings album.
Taking a break from the can't fight lightning sessions in LA, Ringo and Barbara fly to New York on November 14th. They take up residence at the famed Plaza Hotel and invite the Lennons to stop by. On November 15th, John and Yoko stop over to the Plaza and spend time with the couple. On the 15th of November, and we, I was staying in the plaza. We went over to New York for a while, and I hadn't seen him for a while because, it, you know, we see each other wherever we are. And he came over with Yoko for an hour, and we had such a great time because they stayed five hours. And it didn't matter it was a year between we didn't see each other. It was always fine when we did, but it was a particularly great time that, we, that I had anyway. Ringo invites the Lennons to record on the Can't Fight Lightning sessions, to which John agrees. A date is scheduled for January 14th. Later during their stay in New York, Ringo receives a cassette tape from John with a couple of songs that he may consider recording. The song titles are Life Begins at 40 and the other is Nobody Told Me. On November 17th, Geffen Records released simultaneously in America and in the UK the album Double Fantasy by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. John had wanted to put out a record that would be accessible to a wide variety of people. The LP opens with the ringing of a bell three times. This was no accident, as John Lennon explains. If you listen to the beginning of Double Fantasy, you hear ding. Ding. I was just thinking. Ding. Mm. Which is actually a bell that Yoko calls her wishing bell. By the way, that's the ding, ding, ding. That's sort of um, a bell for wishes, you know. And if you make a wish and you hear that ding, 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 you know, and your wish will come true. I put it on the double fantasy as to show the lightness and the difference of the long, long trip from mother to starting over. Used to make it love. Why can't we be making love now? about Kiss Kiss Kiss, Yoko. What about? <laughs> Tell him how you recorded it in the pitch dark, hidden behind these big walls here. Kiss 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 is what it is, and, and the song itself will explain. And so if you listen to it, you know, you will get all whatever you want to get out of it, probably. But it's sort of mainly sort of like a, a feminine energy and vulnerability that women are not uh, <clears throat> getting scared of exposing now, you know. And it's all right to show vulnerability. And in a way, it's like saying, well, this is woman, you know. Kiss, kiss will do. 
John yes, my dear. Looked after, <laughs> look, 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 looked after Sean. How good a cook are you, John? <laughs> not bad, not great. I mastered the art of rice. They say anyone can cook rice, but few can cook it well. I can cook it reasonably well. I can do fish. You're a good bread maker, right? I've learned to make bread, which I was thrilled with. I took a Polaroid of my first bread, you know. <laughs> just these two lo- I couldn't believe they came out like that. Because in a good old macho tradition, I mean, you had to record it in history, you know. Oh, I was <laughs> thrilled, you know. It is not macho. Anybody would. It was the first bread. It looked great, you know, and it tasted good. I was pretty damn good. And so for about half a year or a year, I was providing the food for Yoko, the baby. Even the staff was eating. I was so excited that I could do it. And one of the most important facets of that world, surely, was that it gave you a great deal of time to spend with your son, Sean. Yeah, because between Yoko and I, I cannot do figures and numbers. I'm not good at business. And somebody had to take the care of business, whether it was beetle apples or surviving inflation or whatever you call it. And there's no way I can do it. I don't have that talent. So she had to do it. She has the talent to do it. Bubble, bubble, Moonlight on the wall, sunlight on the face. You and me together, we are in a place. The gods are in the heaven, the angels treat us well. Spoken, we cast the perfect spell. Queen is in the counting house, counting out the money. The king is in the kitchen, making bread and honey. No friends and yet no enemies. Absolutely free. No rats aboard the magic ship. A perfect harmony.
center of the circle will always be our home. talk about I'm Losing You, which I think reflected your times alone in Hong Kong. Was that when you yeah, heard that song? It was actually in Bermuda. I called her, you know, and I couldn't get through. Can you imagine it? Through the <laughs> office. She was... Because I was so busy. She was so busy. So many calls and I couldn't... I got really mad, you know. And I wrote this song in the, in the heat of passion, as it were. And which is great for songwriting. Or anger, shall we say? But it, 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 distant, getting a bit distant from it, it is expressing the losing you of the 18 month lost. It was everything losing one's mother, losing one's everything, losing everything you've ever lost is in that song. That's losing whatever. But uh, it sparked by the fact that I couldn't get through on the damn phone. Mm. Mm. Can't even get you on the telephone. <laughs>
decided that we should put songs like Losing You and Moving On In, though some people might think they're sort of negative. But um, and we, we tried to make sure that the, uh, the, the whole tone of the album would be on a positive side, because that's very important. Save your sweet talk for when you score. Keep your Monday kisses for your last lady. John, a song about Sean. Yeah. Well, you know, Stevie Wonder wrote about his kid, right, didn't he? <laughs> Isn't, Isn't he lovely? lovely? And, uh, yeah, so at first, uh, funnily enough, for the first three, the time I was with Sean in the kitchen with the bread and, and, you know, all that, I kept thinking, well, I ought to be inspired to write about Sean. I mean, I ought to. And I was going through a bit of that. And when I finally gave up on thinking about writing a song about him, of course, the song came to me. When he was four, four and a half, or five, we were just coming up to October when I suddenly got the song about him. Close your eyes Have no fear The monster's gone He's on the run And your daddy's here
Side two of Double Fantasy. The nicest thing about Double Fantasy was that while we were making, we were fully aware that we didn't have to make it. We were making it, we were enjoying it, but we could always go back to the other life. Ringo records with George. One, take one. McCartney releases a new Wings movie. Now, the movie, Rock Show. See the Beatles classics. And one of the saddest days in music history. Next on Yesterday and Today. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at Yesterday Pod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we 
we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? <laughs> Don't worry, we will. <laughs> you can head to our social media pages. That's facebook.com slash yesterday and today podcast or facebook.com slash third men. Or you could head to society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. (laughs) Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.